0: 're listening to Colday Community Church podcast I hope today's message inspires you Cold Lake Community Church a place where families come together Well, the message that the Lord has laid on my heart to give today is entitled Our God is able. Our God is able. Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly of all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verses 16 to 20. that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, And length and depth and height. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think, according to the power that works in us. I love this scripture. Filled with promise. It's a faith builder. It reminds me of the majesty and the glory and the power of God. And what He has done and what He has given you and I to accomplish in His name. Paul has just prayed a monumental prayer for the Ephesians. He prays that they might be strengthened by God's spirit in the inner man. Have you ever felt weak? Have you ever felt the load was too heavy? You cried out to God and found that extra strength welling up within you in the inner man. He prays that Christ may dwell in their hearts by faith, that they be rooted and grounded in love. The Bible tells us that God has shed abroad his love in each of our hearts. We can be grounded in that love. The Bible says that by grace we are saved through faith, that not of ourselves is the gift of God, not of works lest anyone should perish. He asks that they may comprehend with all saints the breadth and length and depth and height. The fact of knowing God, knowing who he is, knowing who you are in Christ, knowing the possibilities and the potential that you and I have in him that they might know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge and be filled with the fullness of God. First point today, God is able to save. I just want to touch on some things that he's able to do. There's no way you could cover in a month of Sundays what God is able to do just a few he's able to save he's able to save completely hebrews the writer to the hebrews in chapter 7 verse 25 therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to god through him since he is always lives to make intercession for them he's always making intercession for you and I, we need to trust Him. Trust in God. Have faith in Him. It starts our first step to God. Romans 10:9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's amazing. One day you and I came into a church or somebody shared their faith with us. We read a book or watched a video or turned on a a TV program. And from what we had heard, faith arose within our heart. We had never been probably thinking about it much before. But faith arose within our heart And we believed. We believed in our heart that God raised him from the dead and we were saved. It's a supernatural, spiritual experience that happens to every believer. Jesus demanded faith. He demanded trust from those that he ministered to. From one of his disciples, Thomas, in John chapter 20, verse 27, then he said to Thomas, reach your fingers here, look at my hands. Reach at your hand here, put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. You see, Thomas, when he was told about the resurrection of Jesus, said, I won't believe it unless I see it. Jesus is saying, okay, here it is. Look at my hands. Look at my side. Believe. John chapter 11, 25 and 26, we see Martha mourning over the death of her brother. They had sent for Jesus And when Jesus got there, their brother had already died. And to their way of thinking, it was too late. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said, yes, Lord. And then there's Philip. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. And Jesus said, Lord, Philip, have I been with you so long and you still don't know me? John chapter 14 verses 11 and 12 we hear part of the story and he says believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me or else believe me for the sake of those works that I do. Most assuredly I say to you he who believes in me the works that I do he will do also and greater works than these will he do because I go to my father. What a tremendous potential we have as believers if we believe in Jesus. He said, you'll be able to do greater work than I do. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Is it any wonder that we believe that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think? Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name I will do it. He said whatever you ask in my name I will do that the Father may be glorified. That's what we have as believers. He is always watching over us contrary to the popular belief not to bring us down but to lift us up. God is interested in my success, in your success. He's interested in our spiritual well-being. And when you fall, when you fail, he is more than willing to forgive you. He is more than willing to lift you up. He'll never beat you down. In Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. You see, there's always a part for you and I to do. God is able. He's able to to do all that he promised he would do. But the teaching is that we would deny ungodliness. That we would not follow in the path of ungodliness. That we would walk in the straight and narrow. Worldly lust. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. And that is a choice for each of us to do. Secondly, he's able to help the tempted. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 18 says, For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you, except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able, but with the temptation also make a way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. Have you been tempted this week? You haven't been tempted by anything that someone else hasn't been tempted by. That word tempted also means tested. Have you been tested in your faith? Has the thought came to you, I might as well give up on Christianity? I just don't make a good Christian. It also means trials. Have you been tested? Tried? Suffering, it also means suffering. Have you suffered? It also means tempted to sin. Have you been tempted to sin? There is an answer to all of these things because all of these things come from the enemy. And James chapter 4 verse 7 says, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Again, it's the part that we play. We call out to God. We ask him to help us. We ask him to forgive us and all of these things. But we must resist the devil. We must choose to say no to sin. I came across this article And it says there are times that resisting temptation seems like a hopeless cause. Its grip and seduction seems totally overwhelming. Resisting certain temptations seem as futile as trying to hold back the tide. Resisting temptation is a skill. We must learn if we hope to walk free of habitual sin. Sexual temptations are some of the most challenging to resist because they exploit the God-designed pleasure mechanism in our sexuality. Our bodies are wired for sex, not in just our sexual organs, but also in our brain, our skin, and the nervous system. Sex is really a whole body experience and can powerfully affect us for good or evil. If we have participated in sexual sin, our bodies and minds have been tainted by the forbidden fruit, which often leaves us wanting more. This preconditioning leaves us more vulnerable to sexual temptation in the future. But God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. The writer to the Hebrews saying, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. That which you have committed unto him, your life to serve him, to live for him. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. We all have weaknesses. Every one of us, there's a, there is a an area of our life that we have to deal with and, and keep under control more than any other. And it's as varied as the number of people in this room. And Paul says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may be able to obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. doesn't matter what you're struggling with. It doesn't matter if you fell flat on your face a hundred times. You can come boldly to the throne of grace. You may say, I'm tired of going back to God and saying, Lord, I've sinned again. And what's worse, it's the same old sin. You may think surely God is tired of seeing me come and surely I am tired. But the Bible says we can come boldly to the throne of grace because God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Thirdly, he's able to keep us from falling We can rest in the arms of our Lord, knowing that he will protect us. Jude 24 says, Now to him who is able to keep you from falling, from stumbling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Isn't that something? God is able to present me to present you before the Father faultless, without fault, clean slate, a clean sheet, nothing mentioned there of all of the sin that I've committed. We are justified, just as if we had never sinned. No man, not even the devil, can pluck us out of his hands. Isn't that something? In John chapter 10, verse 2, Jesus, in praying, said, My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. That's the power of our God able to do exceedingly abundantly of all that we ask or think. You get the news that one of your brothers in Christ or your sisters in Christ have fallen into sin. And More than likely the first thought comes to you. How could he do that? How could she do that? But what you might not know is that brother or sister went before God long before it was discovered, said, Lord, I've sinned. Please forgive me. The Bible says that the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And God has no account of that. And sometimes we as Christians are still judging the person. So as I conclude today, our God is able to do more than we could ever imagine. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is was able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. I'm going to deal with the power that works in us in part two of this message next Sunday. But right now, right this moment, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Is there some sin that you're struggling with? Are you having difficulty resisting the devil? Do you want to be set free? You know, it's only those who want to be set free that he will set free. God is a stickler for things like that. You're not going to be forgiven of your sin until you ask to be forgiven. He died for the whole world. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Those who don't believe, those who won't believe, the Bible says they're condemned already. And so until a person can come to that point to believe that God is able to forgive them and will forgive them, they won't be forgiven. If you want to be set free today, I want you to come and I'll pray for you at the end of this service. You know, there's a Holy Spirit, a Holy Ghost revival that's going to sweep through this area. It's been prophesied. Talk to Christians and they'll tell you that they sense God is about to do something. We can hasten it by cleaning house in our personal lives. If I want God to work in me, if you want God to work in you, we must make sure that we keep short accounts with God. That when we realize that we have sinned, we realize that we are falling short, we come to him and ask him to forgive us and to help us. Multitudes of people will be coming to Christ daily in this revival. That's going to require a lot of people who will offer themselves as big brothers and big sisters to disciple those who will come, to teach new new convert classes, to get them founded in the faith. Are you ready to disciple someone or do you need to be discipled yourself? Could you pray with someone who gives their heart to Christ or help to lead them to Christ? Or do you need someone to pray with you? You see, God is able, but His plan is to use you, to use me, to use the church. He's not going to call for an atheist to teach new Christians the principles of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He has called you and I for that. And we need to be ready now. We don't know when it will start. Could be next Sunday. Are we ready? God needs your hands, your lips, your tongue, your feet. God needs your heart. And a heart that is overflowing with, with love and compassion. That looks at everybody through the same lens. Don't put people into categories, Baptist, Catholic, Lutheran, Alliance. Don't put people into different categories, as new Christian, old Christian, hypocrite, whatever. heart cleansed of anger and bitterness and unforgiveness. Somehow we seem to think that we can harbor such things in our heart and still be on fire for God and still be used of God, but the answer is no, you can't. If we want to allow God to, to take these things out of our lives, and we won't make an effort to do it. We can't be used of God. God is looking for hearts that are cleansed from all sin. And God can do it. But you and I must ask him. Only way. If you're here today and you've fallen away from God, or you've gone cold in your experience, you say, I'm only the shadow of what I was one year ago, two years ago, ten years ago, and I want to be a part of what God is doing, then folks, you've got to do something about it. We're here to pray with you. We're here to to believe with you. If you need prayer today, you come. Our sound men are going to put on some music. And I'll be here, and others will be here to pray, believe with you. God will prepare us for the next step, the next chapter in what God is doing in Coal Lake. Amen? Lord bless you. Have a, great, have a great week. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coal Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry.